Proverbs chapter 31. We will um, try to focus on Mother's Day this morning. And we are thankful for all of you mothers that are here. And um, just the privilege that we have to have uh, the group of ladies that we have here at Grace Bible Church and the um, service that you have towards your families, towards the ministry of the Lord. It is an honor, and we, we want to say thank you for that. We want to thank our mothers this morning for several things. We want to thank them for their sacrifice, thank them for their instruction. We want to thank them for their selflessness, humility, and grace. We want to thank them for their example and the way that they have gloriously represented Christ to us each and every day. I'd like to read a poem to you called Two Mothers by Thomas Fessenden. You painted no Madonnas on chapel walls in Rome, but with a touch diviner, you lived one in your home. You wrote no lofty poems that critics counted art, but with a nobler vision, you lived them in your heart. You carved no shapeless marble to some high soul design, but with a finer sculptor, you shaped the soul of mine. You built no great cathedrals that centuries applaud, but with a grace exquisite, your life cathedraled God. Had I the gift of Raphael or Michelangelo, oh, what a rare Madonna my mother's life would show. The text that was read this morning at the beginning of our service from 2 Timothy chapter number one, um, the apostle Paul are, is writing to Timothy and he talks of the faith that um, was it being ex exhibited in Timothy's life and he credits that faith to um, his mother and his grandmother and uh, how that their faith was passed down to him and he encourages Timothy to honor his grandmother and his mother by living out that faith, by stirring that faith up and, um, and manifesting that faith in their life. And so uh, we honor our mothers um, by how we live our lives and, and, and uh, we say thank you to them for that. So with that, um, this morning, we want to thank you mothers by giving you an applause. So we want to ask before you do, we do that, if you would stand, if you're a mother this morning, if you would stand up and be counted and be numbered, please. Stand up and be counted. So let's just look around and uh, show our appreciation for these ladies with an applause. Thank you, ladies. You can be seated. I'm going to pray, and um, then we're just going to get into uh, what the Lord might have for us this morning. Thank you uh, for our mothers, Lord, and um, just an honor it is to, um, to have a good mother and to be taught and trained in the ways of the word, and uh, Lord, just thank you so much for your grace to us. Thank you for the mothers that are here this morning, and I know that a simple applause does not in any way state the value that they, that they have, but 
I pray that they would receive it graciously and know that we do appreciate them and that, Lord God, um, perhaps we can further honor them throughout this morning through the preaching of your word and, and then throughout this day as well. We love you, Lord, and we're thankful to be a part of um, your family, thankful to be a part of this church family as well, and we give you the praise in Christ's name, amen. This morning, I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about the lost art of honoring our mothers. It's something that has fallen by the wayside. This week has been a difficult or challenging week for me. Um, I'm reminded of this every year when Mother's Day comes around. It's a reminder of how far I've fallen short in regards to honoring my mother in in a way that is uh, appropriate and possibly in a way that is worthy of what she deserves. Uh, My dad called me on Friday and said that it's likely that my mom has cancer. And so it was uh, just a very kind of one of those moments where you just begin to think about what you have. And we often don't, this is probably the first that my kids are hearing this, but um, they, you don't, you don't often think of these things until you enter into a moment like this and you begin to realize the, the value and the significance of a person that's in your life, been in your life for um, 44 years for me and how much of an impact that that person has had on your life. And um, so, um, so I want to just talk about that this morning. The, the message was, was already written before I got my dad's call and so it's not built around this. It's, this message is not about me. It's about the Lord and how the Lord desires for us to honor our moms and how the Lord wants us to, um, to respect them, to, to, to um, um, favor them in, in a special way, to put a, a high value on them. And so we're going to look at the why, what, and how of honoring our mothers, and we're not going to be looking at any specific text this morning. This is a very rare sermon for me in that it will not be um, built out of a specific text, but more of a topical message um, built around the idea of mothers and built, built around the idea of Mother's Day, and, and then how can we honor them effectively, and what does that look like? What does it look like to honor our mothers? So to start with, we just go back to the book of Genesis, and we see the first mother, uh, Eve. And uh, Eve is um, a significant uh, um, historical person. Um, this is not, there's not, uh, Eve is not just a spiritual truth that um, we're meant to learn some spiritual lessons from, but she's a truly a historical person, the first mother, the first woman to be on the face of the earth. God created her out of Adam's rib, and um, she is... She is the, the mother, the Bible says in Genesis 3 and verse 20, she is the mother of all the living. And so Eve is kind of that, that representation of all of the living, of the mother of all of the living. Her name, um, the name Eve, means life. It means living. It means life. And that, again, in Genesis 3 and verse 20, you have that defined, the mother of all living. Um, Eve's name meant life, the the term mother is used in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and it means something a little bit different. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew term uh, that's used for mother means to be a bond of the family, kind of the idea of something that glues things together, um, holds things together. The word bond is significant, and especially at the point where there is division, uh, and not division 
possibly in a bad way, but at, at, in a point where you know you have children, you have a husband, you have a wife, you have you have these separations in the home that the mother is kind of that glue that holds that together, and um, we understand that. We 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 can see that being played out in our daily lives. We can see how mom is that is that person that kind of keeps things together and keeps things moving in the right direction. But in the New Testament, the Greek term that's used is the, the meaning of it is the source of, the source of something. And if you go back to Eve's name, I think that you would uh, conclude that uh, a mother, the, the idea of a mother is she's the source of life. Uh, she's the source of light in a home. She's the source of joy. In, in Genesis, you have the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you have the home representing the Trinity. And it's interesting because when you think about the Trinity in the home, you have the Father and you have the Son, but we often miss the fact that the, the one that brings life, the Holy Spirit that is the light, that brings the life, is represented by the, by the mother. And she is the light and the life of the home. She is the, the joy and the peace of the home. She is a very significant part of the home, and this is why the scriptures flow the way that they do in regards to honoring her, in regards to protecting her as the weaker vessel. And these are all built around the fact that she is a significant part of the home, and we, we, we need to honor that. So when we put these, these meanings together, we come up with the idea that the the mother is the source of life or light in the home, and she is the one that holds things together. She is kind of that glue in the home. Don't turn here, but in 1 Samuel chapter number 25, there's a story of a woman named Abigail, and she's married to a man named Nabal. Um, you might be familiar with this story because Abigail later becomes uh, David's wife. But Abigail is married to this man named Nabal, and the Bible says about this man that he was a harsh and poorly behaved man. And um, I won't ask for amens, but probably some of our wives could amen that, right? He was a harsh and poorly behaved man. And, and, this, and this woman, Abigail, was married to him, and the Bible says about her that she was a beautiful and discerning woman. So it's a beautiful and discerning woman married to a, um, a harsh and poorly behaved man. So David sends his servants to this Nabal to, to get a favor from him, and, and uh, his, uh, his servants are treated very poorly, and David gets an army together, and he's going to go, and he's going to deal with this man Nabal. And this woman, Abigail, she comes, and she meets David along the way, and she gives him these wonderful gifts, and she says, please do not bring harm to my husband. He, she, she goes out of her way to protect and guard her husband. And as the story goes, this man, uh, David, David listens to the um, request of, of Abigail and um, doesn't go after Nabal. The Lord, ends up, the Lord ends up taking Nabal out of the world and um, Abigail then marries David and becomes David's wife. The interesting about this woman, Abigail, is that her name means the source of joy. And she was the, and in that situation, especially being married to a man such as Nabal, she was the only joy. And yet there was an, an intense joy, an intense light to her, an intense peace to her, an intense comfort to her as she walked through life trusting God in all that he said and all that he would do, even to the point of protecting her husband 
who was a harsh and difficult man, trusting God in, in that as well. So the, the mother is, 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 is the, the, the mother is the, is the joy, is the light, is the life of the home. She, my, my mom is a, is a wonderful example of that. My, my dad was a very harsh disciplinarian. He was an expert disciplinarian. And my, my mom was, was, was the grace that helped the discipline be receivable. She was the one that caused it to be possible for me to be disciplined and not become hateful towards my dad or angry towards my dad. She was that grace and mercy. She was that light. She was that comfort or that shepherd that brought me where I needed to be in regards to understanding. And that's what our mothers do. That's the, that is the life that is the light that they bring into our homes and into our situations and into our circumstances. And, and might I suggest to you ladies that it's, it's become more and more difficult to embrace this piece of your calling and be, embrace this purpose because we don't honor that anymore. We don't see it, we don't see the value in it, we don't see the importance in it, we don't see the significance of it. We need that light and that life in our homes in order to to raise up our children to love God, not just to be obedient to God, but to love God. We need that picture to constantly be displayed in their lives. So I want to look this morning at a few things about this honoring of our mothers. First of all, if you're taking notes, why should we honor our mothers? Why should we honor our mothers? Why do we honor our mothers? It really has to have, there, there has to be a spiritual foundation to it. I mean, you can't just say, honor your mothers because we say so. There has to be a, a foundation to why do we honor our mothers. What is it about honoring mothers that's so important? Number one is because when we honor our mothers, we are honoring the Lord. We're not, we are honoring the Lord by honoring our mothers. And the Bible tells us to honor those to whom honor is due. To give honor to those who honor is due. And so, so by honoring our mothers, we are honoring the Lord. We're honoring the Lord's design. We're honoring his order in the home, the design that he has put forth in the home. When we honor our mothers, we're honoring God's design in things. Again, going back into the Garden of Eden, God had a beautiful design for things. And when we honor that design, we are honoring God. When we dishonor the design that God has set forth, we, we dishonor God. And this is the reason why the world has done um, as much as it possibly can to undermine the structure and the order that God has put into the home because the devil is trying to undermine God's purpose and God's order. When we honor our mothers, we are honoring the Lord because God is the one who designed and structured and ordered things in the way that they are ordered. When we honor our wives, we are honoring God. So, we, we, so this doesn't just point to honoring our wives, and it, and it doesn't even point to the fact of honoring your wife because she's worthy of honor. And some people will say, well, you know, my, my wife is not a, a kind woman. My wife is not this, this life or light. It doesn't mean that you don't honor her anyway. It, it might be that she's discouraged it might be that she's despondent. It might be that a little bit of honor might bring that light and life back. But we don't honor them because of their worth of that honor. We honor them because we're honoring God 
by honoring them. It, it has to be bigger than this earthly, these earthly circumstances and situations. It has to rise above that. It has to be about God and his glory in order for us to continue to do it on earth with all of our difficulties and hardships. This is why our honor for our wives and honor for our mothers and honor for people in general seems to fluctuate so much because we're building it around circumstances and situations and, 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 and worthiness and not around honoring God because God is worthy of our honor. There isn't a single perfect mother. Amen? There isn't a single perfect mother. There isn't a single perfect wife. But there is a call in scripture to honor your mothers and honor your wives in honoring the Lord because he has structured things that he, in a way that he would like to structure them. Not just that, but he structured things in the right way. We not only honor the Lord's design, but we honor the Lord's, we honor, we honor the Lord's sovereignty. Who gave you your mother? Who chose your mother for you? Who placed you? Was it an accident that you ended up in the home that you were in, or was it a divine, was it by divine design? When we honor our mothers, we are honoring the Lord's sovereignty. When we honor our mothers, we honor the Lord's goodness and his mercy. We honor the Lord's goodness and his mercy by honoring our mothers. And again, that goes somewhat back to sovereignty. When we see him as the one who designed it, who placed us in the home that we're in, and that he is good and merciful in doing that, you have to ask yourself sometimes when you look at other people and other children and, and people in, in other countries who don't know God, who don't believe in God, who have, never, who have never heard or touched the word of God, and you ask yourself the question, why was I born into a country where it's free to serve the Lord? Why was I born into a family that is, is, at least has some respect for the word of God? Why, why was I given these things? You were given these things as a gift from God. And listen to me this morning. You say, well, Pastor John, my family wasn't that way. We're all given gifts from God. When we start to think that we deserve something, we start to become discouraged about not getting what we deserve. When we realize what we truly deserve and we realize what some other people have gotten because God hasn't blessed them in the way that he has blessed us, we become thankful people, not despondent people. We trust God's goodness or we, we honor God's goodness and mercy by giving um, honor to our mothers, giving praise to them. Number two, first of all, it honors the Lord when we honor his design, sovereignty, goodness, and mercy. Number two, it honors the Lord when we trust him enough to obey him. It honors the Lord when we trust him enough to obey him. The first commandment given to us in Exodus chapter number 20 that is in relation to how we treat each other, the first commandment given that relates to how we treat each other is what? It is honor your father and your mother. The first commandment given that, that deals with how we relate to each other is to honor our mothers and our fathers. And it doesn't give any stipulation onto what type of mother or father they are to be. It just simply gives us the command. The first commandment is to honor your father and your mother. 
It's not an option. It's not an optional thing based upon their performance. It is, it is a command. It is an imperative. Honor your father and your mother. It tells us that in Exodus 20. It tells us that several other times in the New Testament. And then it tells us that six times in the uh, and the Old Testament tells us that six times in the New Testament. Ephesians 6, verse 2 and 3 is the one that I've written down here. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. It's a command. It is honorable to God when we trust him enough to obey his commands. To do what he's asked us to do. Number three, in regards to why we should honor our mothers, it is the right thing to do. It is right. Ephesians 6, 1 and 2, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor them, your father and your mother. It's the right thing to do. It just, the, the, the term here just literally means it's the, it's, the, it's the just, it's the holy, it's the equitable, it's the good thing to do. It's the thing that is right to do. To honor your father and your mother, to honor your mother is, is the right thing to do. It is that which pleases the Lord. It doesn't say that it is the easy thing to do. He didn't say, honor your father and mother, for this is easy. He says, honor your father and mother, for this is right. It is the right thing to honor our parents. So we need to get, first of all, the, the why do we honor our parents. We need to, again, make sure that it rises above the circumstances, our situations, and it rises to a, a level of the divine. We do it in honor to our God. We do it in recognition of what we deserve. We do it because it is the right thing to do. What does it mean to honor our mothers? What does it look like to honor your mothers? What, is that, what does that look like? What does that mean? Let me just give you a few thoughts on what it means. If you're taking notes in the New Testament, the term is used six times to honor your father and mother. And the term is a command. It is an imperative. It's not, a, again, it's not an option. And the term means to, to uh, put a high value on something, to uh, esteem something very highly, okay, to value it. It's like if you were to put a value on somebody, you would say that this person has a, a great value. They're very, very valuable. They're worth much to you, okay? They're very significant, so to, to, to value them very highly, to esteem them very highly, or to, to elevate them, to, 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 to esteem them for who they are and for what they do, um, to reverence them, to prize them, to venerate them. And this term is used six times, and in each case, it's just honor your father and your mother in the New Testament. It's over and over again. It's used honor your father and your mother. It means, again, to, to put a high value on them, and uh, and we can do that practically, and I'll share I'll share that with you in a little bit. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word in relation to honor is used three times in describing honor your, honoring your mother. It's used in Exodus twenty, and then it's repeated in Deuteronomy five and Deuteronomy twenty seven. And um, the word has a little bit of a different meaning, but I think the the context is there. It just simply means heavy. When it says to honor your father, your father and your mother, the word means heavy. It means weighty. In, in other words, if you were to take something of your, of your, 
of your relationship with your mother, something that she says, something that she does, he's, what, what the scriptures is telling us is to view it as weighty. You know, like if you were to put something on a scale, you have your little scales here, if we look at it from an, from an Old Testament perspective, you know, they didn't have the scales like we do today, but the scales like this, and you take your mother's whatever, and you put it on one side of that scale, that's a heavy weight. And anything that goes on the other side of that scale is often going to pale in comparison to the heavy weight that you've put on, on your mother's side of that scale. That's honoring her. That means that whatever she does, whatever she says, gets a heavy weight. And there are a few things that are on this side that might outweigh it, like the word of God, that might outweigh what mom says, right? But, but, but there's very few things that should have a heavier weight than that of our, of our mother. They should, they should, she should be honored by us in such that we give her, um, we give her everything. I, I, you, it's hard, to, it's hard to, to say we give her words, we give her instructions, we give all of these things. We give everything about our mother this heavy weight. And, that, and that's the beginning of everything else that we do. That's the starting point. So anything that gets put on this side, it's like, man, you can just pile it on and mom is just this much more important. It's just that much heavier. When we think about heaviness and value, again, the, the idea of the scale comes in. This word in the Hebrew is not, is not just a word that's used about uh, good things, but it's also used about bad things. It carries with it the idea of, of a strong, violent, se- se- severe, or extreme emotion. This, this heaviness, you, you've heard the this, this saying, that's really weighing on me. What, what does that mean? That means that that's heavy. There's something that is heavy. Something has been said that is just heavy. That weighs on my heart, or, or that's a really weighty statement, or that's really heavy, right? Somebody maybe talks to you about something theological, and they go, to a whole new level, and it's like, man, that's a really heavy statement. That's what this term means. Honor your mother, who we're talking about, means that, that her life is heavy in your regard. Significant, important in your regard. This means that everything that she does and says becomes very, very serious, very, very important. I know growing up, I, it was, um, mom again was that gracious side of life. And she was always the one that was capable of bringing us through difficulty and hardship and discipline and getting us to the other side. We didn't always honor her for that. Um, we often, you know, how, you know how it goes with the gracious person, you're often not honorable to the gracious person because they don't demand it. Obviously, the gracious person often gets lost in, that, in those issues because they don't, they're not going to demand it. And my mom is that way. She never demanded any type of response. She was just always that gracious person helping us get through. But does that make it any less weighty for us to honor her? Does that make it any less significant for us? Matter, matter of fact, it's probably more significant. So to, first of all, to, to view our moms with this great value system, this high value, you know, the, 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 um, the uh, cars that are worth $150,000, and then you go and you see one that's worth um, Lamborghini, I don't know what they sell for, but like $700,000, maybe that's a little extreme, I don't know. 
but they're a lot of money, right? And then you've got those cars that are millions of dollars, and you're just like beginning to touch and tap into, and you put that, you put that million-dollar car over here on this weight, and you put your mom's value over here on this side, and it should literally, this side should drop to the floor like a rock. Does that make sense? It's pretty simple. That's the weightiness of your mom. That's her significance. That's her value. That's what she means to you. Everything else becomes very, very insignificant. Matter of fact, the opposite word in the scriptures is used in the same context, and it means to be something that's like a feather, that's really, really light. A few times, let me, let me read them to you. In Ezekiel 22, verses 27, it says, fathers and mothers are treated with contempt. This is that word for light. It's the opposite word in the Hebrew for heavy. Fathers and mothers amongst you are treated with contempt. They're treated like they're not that important. They're treated like they're not significant. In Proverbs 20 and verse 20, the same Hebrew word is used. It says, one curses his father or his mother. What does that mean? It means that you count them light. You count them insignificant. When you go to weigh anything up against your mother, that thing, that item, that attitude, whatever it might be, far outweighs your mother on any and every occasion. This is something that's very serious and very um, important. When we think about our mothers, we think about their, their life being valuable, their instructions being important, their words having great significance to us. James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brethren, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, which would help many of us when it comes to honoring our mothers. Let me give you some instruction this morning on how, number three, how do we honor our mothers? This is a primarily going to come from the book of Proverbs, so if you want to join me there, you're welcome to. We'll begin in, verse, we'll begin in chapter number one. How do we honor our mothers? What does it look like to honor them? What does it look like to see their lives as weighty and significant and important to us? This first thought is found in three verses in the um, in the book of Proverbs, the very, very similar phrase that is used to describe these things. The first thing is make much of your mom's instructions. Okay, make much. Again, I want you just to put that, go ahead and put heavy somewhere in there. Make your mom's instructions heavy. Make your mom's instructions weighty. When your mom says something Count it with a great level of respect and honor because she's your mom. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with her. It doesn't even mean your mom might give you bad advice and poor advice, but it, but it, does, not, it does not take away your calling by God to honor her. Did you know that somebody can give you bad advice and you can still honor them in return and not do what they told you to do? That it's possible, you say, well, that's impossible. It's not impossible, it's possible. You can put a high value and a weightiness on that person and still not agree with them. 
When we think of our mother's instructions, we must look at their instructions as being weighty, as being important, as being significant. At the very least you can do is your mom says something that you don't agree with, you can honor her by saying, thank you, mom, for those counsels, and I will consider what you have said. It's honoring her. We think it's honoring to argue, to debate. It's dishonoring to her. It's not honoring. It's counting what she says as a feather. Wait, let it be weighty. And maybe you come back and say, Mom, I thought about what you said, but I struggle with it. And maybe you have that conversation, but put weight on it. Make it weighty. Listen to your mom's instructions. Make them weighty. Hang on every word that your mom says. Think about what she says. Meditate on what she says. Consider her wisdom and consider her love for you. Proverbs 1 and verse 8, the Bible says, Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. In other words, do not count your mother's teaching as light or insignificant. Proverbs 6 and verse 20 and 23 and verse 22 as well tell us something very similar about not forsaking our mother's instructions. And 23, 22 talks about not disrespecting your mother's. I'm gonna, I wanna turn there because I wanna read that. Proverbs 23, verse 22. The Bible says, listen to your father's Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. And this is the idea of disrespecting her. Make much of your mother's instructions. Make much of your mother's instructions. Consider them as weighty. Consider them as important. Consider them as significant. Place them on a level of value that exceeds that of any other person in your life. And I said person for a reason because the word obviously is above people. Make much of your mother's instruction. Number two, if you want to turn with me to chapter number 10. Number two, make much of your mother's happiness. Make much of your mother. Remember what your mother, what your, what your mom brings into the household is light and life and joy and peace. What, your, what she brings to the table, it's important that we guard that for her. We make much of her joy. We make much, she can't bring something to the table that she doesn't have herself. So by, by making much of her joy and making much of her happiness and making much of her peace, she's able to bring that into the situation and circumstance. There's nothing more discouraging for a mother than to be complained at all the time. Can I get an amen from a mother? <laughs> Come on, moms. You can amen on that one. It's discouraging, isn't it, to be complained at all the time? Have you ever been in a situation where your light was quenched, your life was quenched, your energy was quenched, your joy was quenched, your happiness was quenched because it was constantly battering you down with discouraging things? 
We must make much of our mothers and their, and their joy and their energy and their life. We make much of that. It becomes an encouragement to them. It lifts them up. And then they're able to give that life to be a blessing to us. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and verse 25, let your father and mother be glad. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you, speaking about your, okay, let her who bore you rejoice. That is your attitude towards your mother. Let her who bore you, let your mother rejoice. Let your father and mother be glad. Listen to these verses. Proverbs 10 and verse one, a foolish son is sorrow to his mother. In other words, a foolish son brings sorrow to his mother's heart. Is that letting your mother rejoice? Is that letting your mother have uh, gladness? Proverbs 17, verse 25, it says, a foolish son is bitterness to his mother. It doesn't mean that his mother is bitter at his son. It means that his mother is, her, her inner being is, is bought, brought to sickness over the foolishness of her, child, of her child. It makes her sick to see her children going down the path that leads to destruction. It's bitterness to her stomach. Let your mother be glad and let her rejoice. Proverbs 29, 15 says, an undisciplined child brings his mother shame. Remember this. How we live our lives is a reflection on our mothers and how we live our life is impacts our mother's. It impacts how they feel and how they think and whether they're encouraged or whether they're discouraged. It, it impacts them. We must make much of our mother's happiness. Proverbs 31, if you'll turn there, because that'll be our last text that we'll rest in. I will maybe quote a few other scriptures to you. Make much of your mother's instruction Make much of your mother's happiness. Make much of your mother's respect. Proverbs 31 and verse 28 says, her children rise up and call her blessed. What does that mean? What are they doing by rising up? What do we do when we walk into a room or somebody walks into a room of great value and importance to us? What do we do? If you're sitting here and somebody walks into the room that is of great value, the scriptures talk about the gray-headed man standing up and honoring the gray-headed man. What are you doing when you are sitting down and somebody of great value walks into the room? You are standing up. You are honoring that person. That's what he's telling them here. The children of this mother, the children of this woman rise up. When she enters into the room, they rise up. And they speak blessings about her. They speak blessings to her. They show her that respect that she deserves. We're, listen, folks, we're in a culture that doesn't see these things anymore. We're in a culture that doesn't honor their mothers. And we're, we're 
as Christians, we're a far cry from where we were 100 years ago in this issue. And we're not moving closer to respecting our mothers better. We're moving further away. Here's the world in regards to respecting their, mo- their mothers right here 100 years ago. And here we were. And they're way over here now. But we're where they were. The, the instructions hasn't changed. The command of God never changed to honor your mother. It doesn't say honor your mother in relation to the culture. We used to do a lot of things for our mothers. We used to do a lot of things for our women that showed them great respect and honor. But you know what those things are seen at today? They're seen at, the world calls them weakness of women. Those aren't weaknesses of women. Those are the strengths of those men. Those men honoring that person, that woman of great value to them. That's not a weakness. That's what the world wants you to believe. The world wants you to move away from those things that bring great honor to our God. And when we stand up in a room and our mother comes in out of honor for her, and I don't, it's not even about standing up in a room, it's about honoring them. When we honor our mother, it brings great, it brings great honor to our God. And when we dishonor our mother, when we count them as insignificant, our light, it brings, it brings disfavor to our God. Her children rise up and and call her blessed and her husband also does it and he he praises her. We We must pay much or make much or make weighty the respect of our mothers. I remember growing up, there was one thing that you did not do in my home. There was a lot of things that you did not do in my home. There was one really weighty one. I remember a few occasions where I was very, very well reminded that this was not a option in our home. Does anybody know what it is? I did not disrespect my mom. That was no, no. And there was no limit to it. You did not disrespect your mom. You did not talk back to her. You did not argue with her. You, didn't, you did nothing of that nature without experiencing dad. Nobody wanted to experience dad, so we just, we just learned to honor mom, right? Don't disrespect your mother. That was what we were taught. And we gave, we, I mean, we were really bad at it. I mean, we, I feel bad about it, but, but, but hopefully I can, I can get better from here. Make much of the respect of your mother. Make much of your mother's value and how you respect her. You say, those things don't matter anymore. Nobody really cares. Listen, folks, that is, the, that is the lie, absolute lie of the devil. It does matter. Your wife or your mom might not, might not act like she cares if you say good job or thank you or stand up in the room when she comes in. She might even say, oh, just sit down, right? Right? It does mean something to her. It does. You honoring your mother means something to her. Make much of honoring your mother. Number four, in regards to how do we honor our mothers, there's just two more here. Make much of her reward. Make much of your mother's reward. The Bible says in verse number 31 of this last part of this wonderful passage on women, it says, give her the fruit of her hands. It means give her her reward, all right? So, so, so the, in other words, don't hold back 
from your mother what she has earned, all right? So what is a mother's reward? What is a mother's reward? What is it? A mother's reward is the life of her children. That is what a mother lives for. So when Proverbs says at the end, don't withhold or give, make sure to give your mother the fruit of her hands, what he is saying is this, give your mother the reward for her labor on her mothering you. This is why Proverbs is full of instructions about don't be a fool. Why not be a fool? Because it's bitterness to your mother's soul. It hurts your mother. Don't go off with any, just any woman. Right? All throughout Proverbs. Why? Because it hurts your mother. It hurts her soul. It brings bitterness to her. Don't be a drunk. Why? Because it hurts her. It hurts your mother. All of these things are all throughout the book. All of these instructions are all throughout the book. In the very last chapter, Proverbs 31 packages it all together, and the rest of the book is almost all about listening to your dad. Proverbs 31 is about listening to your mom, and it's literally the package of the whole rest of Proverbs. It puts it all together. And it says, hey, listen, do this because it's important to your mom. And remember, point one, we honor our mother because we are honoring our God. When we go after strange women, it doesn't just stir up our mom's heart, it stirs up our God's heart. When we give into addictions, it doesn't just stir up our wife's, our mother's heart, it stirs up our God's heart. These things are directly connected. First John gives us that picture. So we honor our mother. We give her the fruit of her hands by living a life that honors her. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 28, 24, whoever robs his mother, his father or his mother, and says this is no transgression is a companion to a man who destroys And I wonder if the writer of Proverbs is talking about money there. Don't be foolish, lazy, lustful, addicted. The reward of a mother is that her children live what she taught them. The reward of a mother shown to us in 2nd and 3rd John is that her children walk in the truth. Be the best that you can be for the Lord, and it honors your mother. Again, I remind you of 2 Timothy 1, verse five through seven, where the Bible says, points out that Timothy's faith came through his mother and his grandmother, and then says this, for this reason, stir that up. Use it. Do something with it. Make much of your mother's reward. It is you. How many of you, I know my mom, I I sent her a text this morning, she sent me a text back and she called me the other week, just told me how proud she is of me and things of that nature. Those types of little conversations still happen. I believe that she's telling me the truth. 
But I also believe there's a lot of things that I could do in life that she wouldn't be proud of me for doing. That would be bitterness to her spirit. Be the fruit for your mother. Be a great fruit for your mother. Value that your life is her reward. Your life is her fruit. Your life is her blessing. Your life is her joy. Or not. Give her the fruit of her life. Give her, make much of her reward. Lastly, make much of her reputation. Watch what he says at the last verse. He says, and let her works praise her in the gates. If you just look back a few verses, we won't go there, but the Bible talks about her husband sitting in the gates. He is basically a leader of the people. And when the Bible says, make much, it says, let her works praise her in the gates, what it's saying is this, talk about your mother. Praise her to people. There's nothing, I, I, know, I, know, I know this is the case for my wife, my mom, maybe, possibly, but when she hears the kids talking to her about her, to her, hears the kids talking about her to her friends, it's big. I mean, when it's good, it's big, right? <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it usually is. It's usually, it's usually good conversation. Doesn't it go a long way when you, when you feel, when you, when you experience that, when your kids, they're not, they, they don't know you're watching, they don't know you're listening, but all of a sudden you, you hear them off in the distance and they're like, man, my mom is just a really neat woman. And does that go somewhere with you ladies? Yes. Does, that mean, does that mean something? You see, folks, listen, the devil has convinced us and the world has convinced us that these things don't matter. And our moms are so gracious that they just let them not happen. But you don't know what we're missing out on by honoring them in a way that is pleasing to the Lord and right. Speak much of them. Speak well of them. Speak with them in the streets. When you're in the streets means when you're at your business, when you're talking, talk about your mom and how great your mom is. You're like, that's weird, Pastor John. I know, but it's what the Lord asks of us. This is how we honor her. What if, what if your mom, maybe you'll say your mom's an unbeliever. What if your mom comes by somebody someday and they say, and they meet her, and they say, you know, your son was just telling me about you the other day and how amazing you are. How far do you think that would go in your mom's life? You're just praising her. You're doing what God has asked you to do. You are praising her in the streets. You are honoring her. God can use that very event to change your mother's life. But the other hand could be true as well. Your mother meets somebody along the way and they know you and they talk to you and they're like completely uncomfortable with your mom because they don't know what to think about her. Because we shamed her in the streets. That's what he says here. He says, let her works, let her works, let what she's done for you, let the blessings of her life overflow out of you as you talk about her when you're at work, when you're at school, all of these things. Let them overflow through you. These are some ways to honor your mother. Last thought this morning is what are the results of honoring our mother? Two things. Number one is the Bible says it's a judgment for those who dishonor their mother. Proverbs 20 and verse 20 says, the eye that mocks his father and scorns to obey his mother will be plucked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Proverbs, or Matthew 15, verse four says, for God commanded, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles father or mother will be surely put to death. 
Now, I'm not going to say that if you dishonor your mom, the ravens are going to come and pluck out your eyes. I've never seen that happen before. I've seen a lot of disrespecting of mothers, never seen, never seen the plucking out of the eyes by the ravens. What I will tell you this is it's not a good thing to dishonor your mother. It's not a good thing to dishonor your mother. The results are very, very negative. Maybe even earthly results, maybe eternal results. I don't know. God only knows your heart. But it's not a sign of somebody who has received grace who can't show it. It's not a good sign. Judgment for those who dishonor their mothers and then reward for those who honor them. Reward just means blessings and favor from God. Exodus 20 and verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. He's talking about the promised land. He's like, so that your days can be good and prosperous in this land. Do what I'm telling you to do. Dishonor your mother and you're not gonna last. He tells us in Ephesians 6, verse 22 and 3, honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and that you may live long in the land. In other words, that you might live long in God's blessing. You may live long in God's favor. Treat your mother respectfully. Treat your mother right. Treat your mother well. Rewards and honor. Rewards for honoring, judgment for dishonoring. These are the results. In closing, the closing is simple. Literally, the closing is simple. Guard the spirit of your mother. Guard the spirit of your mother by honoring her. Guard the spirit of your home. Guard the spirit of your mother by honoring her. Guard the spirit of your home. I'm gonna read this verse and be done. You guys, if you wanna make your way up. 1 Peter 3 and 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. Showing honor, the same idea. Weighty. Showing honor to the woman as to the weaker vessel. It doesn't mean that she doesn't have muscles. It, that's not the implication. It means that what she brings to the table is so important that we're to protect and guard. It is, it is what she brings to the table is, is somewhat fragile because it's like, a, it's like a, a something of beauty. Show honor to the women in your home as a weaker vessel since they are the heirs with you of the graces of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Guard your mothers, guard your wives, guard the girls and ladies in your home that they might be life and light to it. Hope this has been an encouragement to you this morning. I pray that you will go from this place and you will find your mom, you will pick up your phone and call your mom you will do something for your mom that is super, super special because you love her, because you honor her, because you love God as well. And if your mom's here, do something special for her before you leave. Lord bless you.